Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. I'm Stormy. And I'm Adrian. And I still road trip. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to We're week trucking three. through. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me get my notes pulled up, everybody. So we are on week three of Road Trip Horror, um, quite literally trucking along, like Stormy said. And I mean, t- this week's going to be fun. We don't cover anthologies often. Um so I always get excited when we get to talk about one. I think this is our third anthology. Ooh, we've talked about VHS. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about... Um, did we talk about Trick or Treat? Yes. Okay, so yeah, that would, this would be our third, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, not, not bad. And honestly, they always kill it, these anthologies. Whenever I can uh, link them all together, makes sense. Like them, I enjoy them. Um, VHS really doesn't have anything like that loops it all together other than like the actual VHS room. <laughs> yeah. So, so this one was definitely giving like, like trick or treat where they're all connected in some yeah. way, which I do like. I love when an, uh, an anthology does that. Makes me feel like I'm on, like, like I'm in on an inside joke. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like something, I mean, it's nice. It really does nice. It makes us feel smart. Like we know what's going mm-hmm. on <laughs> and everybody else is confused. Did we even say Southbound? We're covering yeah. Southbound. We're talking about Southbound week. this week. <laughs> Listen, y'all. So this movie, like, any time like, I see people talking about road trip horror or they're mentioning anything involving, you know, vehicles and horror, whatever it may be, I see this movie pop up pretty frequently. I had never heard of it until we put it into the schedule. I have, or excuse me, I had no knowledge of it. Like, I didn't even know it was an anthology until, like, right before we were going to watch it. Um... And if I've never seen a movie, I like to watch it blind. So, like, I had no idea until, like, right before we went in. And it was, like, five tales of whatever. And I was like, oh, this is an anthology. So yeah. I was surprised that we got one of these this month. Kind of yeah. happy about it. I had no idea. I thought, I mean, uh, my initial thoughts or, like, predictions, I guess, when I saw was that, like, it would be, like, a Bermuda Triangle type of feel like this town would be yeah. a sinking hole of hell which like kind of 
and I guess I mean I guess we'll get into it because like with the like the cover art of it, right? I think it definitely lends itself to like this weird so hell makes like mouth a um, pentagram, right? Yeah, it's a pentagram, right? Shapes. <laughs> what, do call, uh, what do you call that star? I think it's a pentagram. Let me. I'm gonna Google that real fast. But um, yeah. When you look at the cover art and you watch the movie, it all kind of really comes together because everything's happening in like the same area of mm-hmm. the middle of nowhere. So it is very much giving the Hellmouth from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's very much giving uh, Hawkins, Indiana, with the portals to the Upside Down. Like she's giving. I live on top of hell, and this is somewhere you don't want to be. Right. Uh, so I kind of like that vibe. I love when, like you said, it still feels like Bermuda Triangle-y, because like, it feels like anybody who's involved or is around this specific middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. like they're going to get stuck there forever or die. Sounds like our hometown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely any small town, uh, you know, any middle of nowhere town in America, it definitely has those vibes. For sure. Uh, Girl. And the first story when they he's like starts driving and then he like pulls up on the same gas station. The way I would have panicked so much more than he did. <laughs> he was just like, what the fuck? And does it over again. What yeah, the fuck? Does it over again. And I'm like, I would have thrown it in reverse. I would have started driving in circles. I would have been doing some <laughs> wild shit trying to get the fuck out of here. Same girl. I would have been in full panic mode. I go, I don't know. Okay, hold on. I guess I can just search up. What did you call it? A pentagram? I'm 98% sure it's a pentagram. Yes, a pentagram star. Okay. We're, you know, not We're cute. too lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so before we get even more into Southbound, um, let's kind of go ahead and I guess and just kind of do a quick what's been spooking us this week. Because me and Stormy got to do a double feature with uh, <gasps> the amazing sweet Think and babies. Deadly. <laughs> yeah. And Anthony, of course. So we watched a fun little double feature. We watched Repo, the genetic opera, and we watched Plush, which, I mean, from the outside looking in, if you haven't seen those two movies, uh, they work really well together in terms of a double feature. Like, I think we really slayed with um, yeah, those two choices. Yeah, we haven't figured out. I didn't realize like how well they would work together because I hadn't seen Same. Flash. I'd obviously seen Repo. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I was at one point I was talking to Re and I was like, oh my god, not her dumping on her purse again. And Re was <laughs> like, that was the last movie, girl. <laughs> <laughs> You're like it's all morphing together. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like we watched just one long movie and there was just more singing and yeah, one of them. There was times we watched uh, Repo first in the lineup, and then we I watched Plus secondly. So high for Repo, it, which do recommend. Yeah, that <laughs> the only way to watch it really. Maybe so not so much more fun, but it's a lot more fun. Yeah, while you're high. Uh, but there was a time when we were, or there was a moment near the beginning of Plush when they're like playing music or something. There was a lot of music in Plush, y'all. But um, at one point, I was like, I could hear a song from Repo coming on right now, and it would feel like completely normal. Right. So or I can see any of the characters popping in. <laughs> no. Is that the worst song in that movie? Uh, yeah. I feel like it's the worst song, right? Yeah. Everything I think else so. I kind of bopped to. There's, <laughs> I can't remember like which specific scene is. I don't think it's seventeen, or maybe it's the opening of seventeen. But she's like, I have a blood disease. <laughs> I'm like, um. <laughs> That's the one where uh, you gave this to me, mother. <laughs> That's what she's talking about being infected through. That's what. What is it? that's what's expected when you're infected? Which is <laughs> it's a different song. That one's kind of a bop. I mm. feel like I felt that one like on a personal level, like when you're you infected know, you with up. mental illness. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I related to. <laughs> the example I had when we were watching it, when she was singing that, I was like, "That's me." Like when I was like 
a young kid and I was like, my nose is so fucking big. <laughs> And like I was like so pissed off with my genetics, and I was yeah. like, "Why does my family, my dad's side, have to have big noses?" <laughs> and like now that I've gained weight, it just kind of looks small in comparison to everything else. He said it's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> I kept crying about it, and God said, "Bet." Um, and get gained. He's like, "You're pounds. mad about the nose? Wait till you're mad <laughs> about your ass." He said, "You can't afford a." Uh, nose job so let's just give you some fucking mcdonald's big macs <laughs> mcdoubles every day uh but yeah so that's the vibes i was getting when that song comes on is like you know hating <laughs> your genetics which makes sense for like a 17 year old i guess mm-hmm. uh but yeah they're fantastic together so this was your first time also watching plush yeah and i mean what was the vibe there did you enjoy that movie i loved it i i mean both you and Re had said like, oh, you're going to love it. I can't wait for you to watch it. I can't. I'm glad I get to be like with you when you watch it for the first time. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Plush is a band that I would probably, probably would have listened to when I was younger for sure. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I kept like calling everything <laughs> that was going to happen, I was saying things like ridiculous things. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And then two seconds later, I would like look over and Adrian's like side eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then five minutes later, it would happen. I'd be like, oh, I was just kidding. But <laughs> yeah, it's one of those movies where like while you're watching it, like, you know where it's going mm-hmm. and like nothing really gags me. I guess there's like one little like twist at the end that wasn't like too. Oh, Storming caught it. I don't know if we should spoil it or not. Spoilers for plush. Skip ahead like 20 seconds um, is it the mom the mom yeah so there's like a nanny that comes like halfway through the movie and Stormy's like that's his mom like the, <laughs> the bad guy's mom and we were just like mm, okay like not saying anything and then by the time the end of the movie comes and it's revealed to be his mom she was like what <laughs> i was like yeah girl you were right that was the only thing i didn't uh like that was see the coming. one thing i didn't see coming yeah. yeah yeah i don't know but she's a good time. If nobody's seen Plush, it's a 2013 movie. Uh, both of these movies are also available to stream on Tubi. Uh, free, obviously, with ads. Unless you're like us randomly and we didn't get any ads. We got lucky for two movies For somehow. two movies in a row, y'all. Back to back. Like, we watched both these movies with no ad breaks. It was weird. I don't know. And neither of us have, like, paid for anything. So, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, the gods shined upon us that day, I guess. I don't know if I, like, sucked somebody's dick randomly and they were, like, the owner of Tubi or something. <laughs> he said, give that one specifically. <laughs> like, he had have the throat go. Girl. Uh, but yeah, I don't know <laughs> you're what going like what? What? And he's like, "Do you have a Tubi account?" Good. Every t- no, from now on, if I ever suck some stranger's dick, I'm gonna be like, "Are you the CEO of anything?" <laughs> I need discounts on it in, in any any way possible. No, you're gonna get an answer like, "Yeah, I'm the CEO of this BDE." I mean, honestly, I'd probably be like, "Okay, daddy." Bust quicker, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if they give me like some like, yeah, like CEO of this big dick or something in comparison to CEO of Hulu or something. I mean, I probably CEO of your throat and ways. just shoves it down your throat. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so they're both really musically charged movies. I mean, Repo's obviously an opera. It's a musical. So they are quite literally almost singing everything. And then when you get to Plush, it's like it focuses on like an indie rock band. So there's a lot of like original music. and Which isn't great. It's very simple. Um, Mm -hmm. They play like the same. They have two original songs, I think. And they played like the first one, like the entire movie. Um, like you hear it so much that you can't help but sing it at the end. Right. Um, 
But yeah, they're both musically charged and they're both really fun to watch back to back. Uh, if you want to hear me discuss Plush a little bit more, I did obviously do an episode with Think and Deadly where we watched Plush and Obsessed, Beyonce's Obsessed. Um, <laughs> but if you want to go listen to that, definitely go find that in their, ca- uh, their catalog. I'll link it below in the show notes. But yeah, they're fun movies. If you want to watch Emily Browning get fucked multiple times during a movie, yeah, Plush is here hot. you go. It really is hot. If you're really into like the skinny, you know, indie rock band, hot topic aesthetic individuals fucking and having a good time, like that's the vibe that you get with this movie. And yeah. it's, a, it's a good like, time. Like Owen Gray from Jennifer's Body. Mm, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Fucking. Uh, Emily Browning. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of like, who's like somebody that we could quickly just say is like a goth girl, but oh. I can't think of anybody. It's great. Go check it out. Again, it's a good time. If you're really into like erotic thrillers, and that's pretty much what you're getting with Plush. Um, and if you're really into musicals and, you know, lots of blood and guts, then Repo's definitely it for you. I love Repo. Every time I watch it again, it just, like, I love it more and more every time. Same. Do recommend watching it inebriated in some type of way. Also, his name's Colin Gray, and I've just been saying Owen Gray, and I'm pretty sure it's because he's a porn star. Owen Gray's a porn star? <laughs> every time you say Owen Gray, I think of... Uh, you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I think of Dorian Gray. Every time you say Dorian Owen Gray. Gray, I think of like that person who like lives in the paintings. You know what I'm talking about? No. Dorian Gray? Okay. Well, that's what I always, that's what I was thinking when you were saying, when you kept Owen saying Gray's Owen. the porn star with like the alphabet tattoo up his leg. I'm Googling. Is he and a straight porn star? Yes. I wouldn't know then. But I'm Googling him and I'll let you guys know what I think about him. He's got blacked out tattoos. He's got a big dick. <gasps> uh. Okay, so when I Google Owen Gray, okay, just full transparency, FBI, don't go to my Google <laughs> search. So I just Googled Owen Gray, porn star, and it just gives me, like, random Photoshop pictures of Chris Pratt. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, his head on, like, porn star's body. What does it look like? I'm let me see. I'm quite disgusted. Um, okay, hold on. Let me get it. Uh, one that's, like, interesting. Pulled up. There's, like, this one. What the fuck? And there's, like, this one. <laughs> Which, honestly, I want somebody to send this to Chris Pratt. I'm looking at... Okay, maybe you we won't get too How do you spell depth. Owen Gray? <laughs> maybe I'll talk about it on the Patreon. Um, Gray. G-R-A-Y. Oh, I put G-R-E-Y. Oh, my God, girl. I googled Owen Grady porn star. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's why. Because that's his character's <laughs> name in <laughs> Jurassic World. Owen Gray. Oh, they have a... Oh, a measurement of his I'm penis? I'm into Owen Gray. Wow. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely giving Owen Gray vibes. Great dick. Great dick. Nice dick. Okay, yeah, so... Alrighty, so if that's your vibe, if you know who Owen Gray is, then yeah, check out Plush for sure. (laughs) I meant Colin Gray, but you know (laughs) Owen Gray too. (laughs) (laughs) The way that we keep getting all those names confused... They're all the same. I know Colin Gray has a big dick too. (laughs) Actually, no, he's a child. In that movie, yes. Yes. But he's quite literally so old. He really is. Um, 
But yeah, check it out. Uh, be warned with repo. The wigs are bad. Like, don't <laughs> go into it expecting. I thought you were like, coming in with like a fucking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trigger like, warning. <laughs> I was like, what? What happened? Like, I want to be fully transparent with you guys. If you haven't seen repo, like, don't go into it expecting budget, but go into it expecting the most insane, campy, and bloody, like, so bloody uh, musical you've ever seen. It's a good time. That's pretty much all that we've seen this week, really, besides Southbound. Yeah. I, don't I know. have a bloodborne disease. I watched Spider Man 2002 or 2003. Oh, a um, movie Green inside. Goblin is a jump scare in and of itself. So scary. I think of the scene in Spider Man 2 with Doc Ock's um, arms. That's always so I wanna scary. I want to fuck Doc Ock. These monsters in Southbound were giving me Doc Ock a little bit with the like crazy tentacles swinging around everywhere. Yeah, if they were actually. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if Doc Ock's legs were like real, is what I meant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I don't know. Should we get into Southbound? Sure. Okay, let's go ahead, guys, and we'll be right back, and we're going to go ahead and start talking about Southbound. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back, and this week we are discussing Southbound, originally released for a limited release on February 9th of 2016. There wasn't any budget information for this movie, but it did see an opening weekend amount of, or excuse me, an opening weekend gross of about $6,250, before seeing a worldwide gross of about $23,000. The movie has a runtime of one hour and 29 minutes, and as this is an anthology, there's multiple directors. So, of course, we have the Radio Silence team, Matt Bettinelli-Alpin, Tyler Gillett, Justin Martinez, Chad Viella, um, who directed the first, and last segment, uh, the first and last segments of the movie, The Way In and The Way Out. We have Roxanne Benjamin, who directed the Siren segment, David Bruckner, who directed the Accident segment, and Patrick Horvath, who directed the Jailbreak segment. And a lot of the directors, of course, have appeared in the movie as well. So our cast sees Chad Viella being Mitch, Matt Bettinelli-Alpin as Jack, Christina Pesic as Sutter, Fabienne Teresi as Sadie, Natalie Love as Kim, Hannah Marks as Ava, Dana Gold as Raymond, Anessa Ramsey as Bunny, Susan Burke as Betty, Davy Johnson as Dale, Mather Zickel as Lucas, Carla Droyage as an EMT. Oh, okay, we're at the end of people who matter. <laughs> he said EMT <laughs> number two, uh, gas station worker one. Who was the next person that was on the list, actually? Let me see. It was EMT, and then, you know what? Fuck it. Carla Droge, EMT. You killed it, girl. Um, and the next person was Dispatch, Zoe Cooper. <laughs> Hey, you got uh, it, girl. Honestly, no. Fuck that dispatch. I'm so pissed off about that whole segment. Also, why didn't they list the credits? <laughs> I was fully expecting you to be like, floating monster number two. <laughs> Imagine. That would have been so cool. 
but yeah, so Southbound. Overall, what are our vibes? Did you enjoy this movie? Um, yes, it was okay. I did. I liked it. Um, I was, I mean, I think it's because I went in expecting quite literally nothing. I had no idea what this was going to be. Had empty, no thoughts. Literally that. Like, I had no thoughts going into this movie. Um, so watching it, I was kind of surprised by everything. Um, I really, really enjoy anthologies. I think the older I get, the more I really do appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, but because just the older I get, just the, the less I can pay attention to things. <laughs> you said I love four small <laughs> storylines. That's so, great. Oh, yeah. So when I feel myself getting bored, like having the story switch up and like just be something completely different is really cool. And... But know. when Stranger Things did it, we weren't about it. Oh yeah, when other things do it, you know, it makes mm, it makes me pissed off. But this movie worked out perfectly. I really enjoyed all the stories that we got. I like the way that we transition between the segments because there are uh, they quite literally, of course, connect together. Right. Like they're not cutting from like one location to another case uh, location. Like they all randomly end up together, um, and it works out fantastically. Like it's really cool. Like one person will you know transition into another story. I don't know. It's I like the way that they did this, and I like really smooth transitions for sure. Very smooth transitions, and I like that. Uh, you know, the Radio Silence team and David Bruckner, I think, all also were part of VHS. Um, so it's nice to see because I like this movie way, way more than VHS. I didn't like VHS that much. Um, if you recall when we spoke about it, like I just I didn't care about it. Uh, there's only like one segment I really liked from that. And like, it's nice to see a lot of these same people come back, do another anthology. Obviously the budget seems, you know, uh, you know, much higher here, but mm-hmm. I don't think that really mm, makes a difference as to why I like this one better. I just think I like these stories better than what we got with VHS. Um, trying to compare the two in my head. Yeah. Cause VHS, you know, we had, um, we had the that girl with flying the thing. Which I love. I love the that what? segment where her face like splits open. Remember the flying thing. Oh, okay. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, what? In the hotel room. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, a great yeah. segment. I like that one. I like the, um, the fiance, like the engaged couple. Yeah, I like that one too. And that's it. I can't even tell you the other ones, to be honest. There's like a party. Oh my God. It and ends with that like random like. Yeah. Their order was a little fucked up. I enjoy this one's order very well. Yeah. It keeps the hype for sure. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like the next step after VHS. Like you can just, you can tell that they went into this one with a little bit more precision. Yeah. With, like the like executing VHS the was their trial run and now they've got it down. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously VHS hit like a lot of people within the horror community like that movie. They like a lot of segments in that movie. Um, but it's nice to see again their growth because now these bitches are radio silences over your directing Scream Six, you know. Right. So now they're doing really well. They've really made a name for themselves in horror uh, with Ready or Not, with Scream, with these anthology films. So it's just nice to see their progression, which is kind of crazy. Like I, I feel like honestly, out of all the directors, I feel like we've talked about Radio Silence more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, but it's still cool to see like just how they've kind of come to you know now be handling how they've grown for sure. Yeah, and now even within what. A span of 10 years, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because VHS was 2012. So quite literally 10 years yeah. later, Scream came out. So, yeah, they're killing it, to be quite honest. like a ten I wish I had done that much with my life in 10 years. Yeah, in 10 years from now, if I'm doing something as drastic as directing Scream, like we're going to have a imagine. successful podcast. <laughs> Maybe we'll I mean, we put we radio silence on here. 
my god imagine no i can't i would have the shits i wouldn't know what to say like so i really like your movie i'd be like have any of you ever fucked with the ghost face costume <laughs> oh my god <laughs> let's get to the real tea <laughs> <laughs> how horny are you for ghost face that would be the one question i would ask and after that i would just shut down and just blink just go through all their things who do you want to fuck that's what we <laughs> talk about the most on this podcast do you think billy and Stu were gay <laughs> and they'd probably be like shaking not com- just confused but they didn't want, wouldn't know what to tell me I just ha- have one of them by the collar. I'm like, it's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> he better be back at the end of this trilogy. Um, they write him in just because I threatened him. <laughs> they give you a credit in the fucking the post credit scene and everything. It's girl. only my Twitter at, though. It's not my real name. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a cameo. If we can bully them into giving us a cameo. I'm yeah, but down. we'd be like those podcasters at the beginning. Or not the podcasters. The reporters in Halloween. Kill me. Yeah, please murder me so fast. Kill me. I mean, I want somebody. I want Ghostface to pop out of that closet right now and stab me. Right, the that's what I fucking want. I think. I mean, I think if anybody's gonna be like the uh, the podcasters who get killed early um, with just their cameo in the first movie, it's probably gonna be dead meat. But if we can bully ourselves into becoming <laughs> a cameo of podcasters who get murdered, then you know what? Dead meat. Look out, we're coming for <laughs> you. I'll do whatever I can. Chelsea Rebecca though was just in Ice Nine Kills' latest music video. I know. So hot. So hot. Such a good music video. Uh, Spencer Great. is hot. So hot. Everything I could ever dream of. Literally, like, I don't want to say the man of my dreams, but mm-hmm. like, he's pretty hot. Yeah. Pretty he's hot. also very nice. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't know that. Yeah. So I just, I'm face value. You know, I listen to a few songs. I think he's really hot. Um. <laughs> the last year, whenever we were going, Adrian and I were going to a pumpkin patch uh-huh. or like a, what was, what would you even call that? Like, it's like a, a carnival fair festival thing. A fall festival. Fall festival is <laughs> quite literally, yeah. What it yeah. Is. So we were going and I can't remember, I think an Ice Nine Kills song like just randomly came on. He was like, oh, I like this. And I'm like, Listen to the entire disog- the discography. Began. Yeah, I was like, this one's about it. This one's about <laughs> Jaws. And Adrian's like, mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm, just shaking my head. <laughs> hey, if it's not country, I'm listening. So, uh, yeah, but Radio Silence, uh, if you ever <laughs> listen to us, just put us, just stab me. I don't care. Right. I could literally be just like a random person. Like, I can be the pizza delivery guy who shows up at the house. And as soon as the door's open, my throat is slashed by ghost face and I just fall to the ground and you never see me again. I want to be like a kill in the background. Like, so say we're focusing on Gail Weathers, right? Okay. And she's reporting, she's putting in work and like all you see is us standing in the background, like wearing our merch or something and Ghostface <laughs> is murdering us in the background. Nobody notices, not even the cameraman. What I want is I want them to be on the college campus and you're right. Like I want Gail or somebody talking like in the forefront mm-hmm. and then in the back, obviously. <laughs> you just see us running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, in the back, out of focus, but you can make my face blurry. Honestly, <laughs> do my, uh, you know, make me feel confident about myself. Blur me out. But have me in the back and just have me standing by like a porta potty or something. <laughs> And then just have fucking ghost face pops you? out of the porta potty and just grabs me and yanks me in and it just starts rocking. <laughs> and then just having a conversation in the foreground and then there's blood that spills out of the porta potty and then we cut away. Just give me that. Give me something quick and easy. That's what I want. Oh my god. So you, I don't even notice that you get pulled in, right? Because I'm too enamored by Gail. Okay. And then I notice the blood on my white dogs. <laughs> and I'm like, I go to like look and then 
I get pulled in. <laughs> <laughs> the girl. There's just both of us. I'm shoved inside of the actual toilet hole, so my body's not in there anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like this. Fantasy. I go into the porta potty to, like, clean my boot. <laughs> oh, yeah, you go in there to, like, yeah, to, like, and you are about to sit down to use the restroom, and when you look down, my fucking face is just <laughs> in the toilet hole. Like, I've always wanted to sit on Adrian's <laughs> face. So like, well, I guess I'll shit here anyways. <laughs> Open your mouth. And just shit's all over me. Um, yeah, but... I'll bully who I have to. They get a cameo <laughs> in the screen movie. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Southbound. Also, apparently, again, like, I don't know how this movie has just slipped past me. Um, I mean, that's not surprising, to be honest. Most things slip past me. But, like, people seem to like this movie. Like, if we're looking at ratings, like, it has an 81% on Rotten Tomato. It has, like, a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, most of the reviews are pretty positive. And on Letterboxd as well, they have a pretty decent... Um, average rating also which is like i don't know like i'm just like shocked that i haven't like heard of this movie or watched it mm-hmm. and i mean and now that i've seen it i'm happy that i'm part of the group uh, that, that group of people who enjoy it because she's fun i mean letterbox is a group of heart a hard crowd to please it feels like yeah that's like film twitter pretty much just like roll up into their own little fancy app <laughs> to rate their <laughs> movies yeah uh, so, so if yeah. it has a high rating work (laughs) okay let's kind of go through each of these segments then and kind of give a rundown so the first segment that we do have is called the way out it is directed again by the radio silence team and was written by matt bettinelli alpin so mitch and jack mitch again is played by chad uh biela jack is played by matt um they we pretty much start the movie they're on the run there's like mysterious floating creatures that are following them um they're pretty much they look like they've been through a lot at this point we don't know what's going on um they're racing down the middle of nowhere it quite honestly looks like they're probably in like a nevada or california type of desert um but they're running down this road they seem very disheveled um they start to notice these things of course that are chasing them well it seems that they are aware that they're chasing them obviously but we again come to learn later on that they've been previously attacked by these things um but at first we're kind of like oh shit like are they seeing these things with us and like they're like just pushing along trekking they get to a random gas station in the middle of nowhere um they stop they go inside everybody seems a little strange um matt's character jack goes to the restroom he's cleaning himself up and when he picks up his shirt and i mean matt Oplin, let me not get thirsty for you, I guess, because I'm trying to be in Scream. Um, but he, like, lifts up his shirt at one point, and he has, like, a really bad gash on his side. And you're like, ooh, these people have been through something. <laughs> then when he's in there, like, the room vibrates a little bit, and then, like, his he gets yanked back by the shirt that's, like, on his, yeah. like, neck area. It's very Girl, funny. I was sh- <laughs> I was like, <gasps> The, I was the, hoping he could I look around more. <laughs> throw him against the window. or, or Yeah, the like, or throw him around. I like gasped and then I burst out laughing like two seconds later. That is the funniest visual. <laughs> but that was also like, that's what I feel like is going to happen every time I get undressed. Yeah, quite literally. Anytime my eyes are like, anytime my vision is impaired, it's the worst things go through my mind. Like I fully expect somebody to come around the corner and stab me every time my eyes are closed. Um, but yeah, it was really funny. He gets whipped around the bathroom, which leads him to running out of the bathroom and telling, of course, Mitch, he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. So they get in their car. It's like a truck. It's like a very old truck. They keep driving, and they end up in like a loop because they're driving, and then they end up at the same gas station. 
they're like, what the fuck? They drive a little bit more. They end up at the same gas station again. The gas station attendant, she's like outside smoking the entire time watching them. And so kind of like in a panic mode, Jack drives off the road. He starts driving in the opposite direction. And Mitch, who seems like very remorseful, we like we don't know what's going on really with these people. Um, but he seems like remorseful. He's like talking about wanting to stay behind. He's like, I don't know why we're running. And so like they kind of get into an argument. They stop like in the middle of nowhere and like they're arguing outside of this truck. And then one of these like monsters, which I don't even know what we could call them. Like they're floating skeleton things. They're kind of like dementors. They give me dementor vibes. They give me like maybe like like a vision of like a Grim Raper. Yeah. Um, If you watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, like there's like those skeleton things at the end of that. Right. Um, They kind of give me those vibes. Mm -hmm. I like them. I like the design of them. And I think yeah. they kind of hold up pretty well for this being like an eight-year-old movie or seven-year-old movie. Yeah, um, The way that they kind of just like loom in the background is so scary to So me. scary. Like when I'm driving on a road like by myself and you like look out into the distance, like sometimes you see like random things like out there that are like blurry. You really can't make them out. So now when I'm driving, I'm thinking I'm, th- I'm going to think it's these things that are like floating out there like waiting just for me. Just following me. Yeah. yeah. Which is like scary to think about because when I'm driving – like, I expect it to be, like, a mass serial killer who's following me. But now it's just me, girl. <laughs> 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 or or last aliens. Trip. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm going to get stabbed by a serial killer or I'm going to get abducted by aliens. And now I have a new fear where I'm probably going to get murdered by, like, these weird demonic things. I mean, and we just watched Nope. So, like, I'm worried the mountains are going to... Swallow you up. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so they're uh, outside of this truck. They're having an argument, and Mitch is like, well, I'm going to stay here. And Jack's like, well, I'm getting the fuck out of here. You're I'm crazy. leaving. Yeah. And then one of those things is like out in the distance, and they're both staring at it. And then it's like teleports. Zooms. Yeah. <laughs> like so fast, right in front of Jack. And like they have like these weird, it looks like a spinal column with like a sharp bone at the end of it. <laughs> and he takes this fucking tentacle spine thing and just shoves it right into Jack's Throat him so hard baby hits that uvula like nobody's ever hit it before girl the way it splits the side of his like mouth so you can see his teeth yeah it i mean obviously it maims him but like oh my god yeah. whenever it's happening i was like <laughs> that one tiktok where it's like oh my god <laughs> oh my god yeah, that's my favorite sound on tiktok uh, yeah but we all like gagged when that happened like we were all were like what the fu-? like what like it was like it was so fast so fast we're like eight minutes into this movie and we get like I don't think it's the most brutal death in this movie, but like the one that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, for sure. Besides the bitch getting hit with the car later on, like this (laughs) is the one that really kind of like like surprised me. Right. I was like, not this motherfucker getting this fucking spinal column shoved down his throat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it looks great. the The practical effects look awesome. The way the mouth is like ripped off. Um, well, it's not ripped off, but like it's dangling. It's so cool. Um, but at this point, Mitch is like. (laughs) yeah like what am i gonna do so he just walks towards like this old motel these skeleton creatures are there with him he enters the motel and he ends up in like a purgatory kind of situation because like he sees his daughter Catherine. he keeps like yelling for her she keeps like running he stays in like one hallway one corridor and every time he tries to chase after her he just loops around back to the same corridor and then the door closes behind them and we're just to assume that this is where he spends the rest of his life um, and then we immediately transition into our next segment. So the next segment, of course, is called Siren. It is directed by and written by Roxanne, uh, Roxanne Benjamin. Also has a writing credit for Suzanne Burke. 
Um, so we have two women who led this one. So this is the same hotel, uh, or motel, excuse me, that Mitch is being murdered in. Uh, right next door, we meet our next cast of characters. We have Sadie, Ava, and Kim, who are a traveling uh, band um, called the White Tights. So they are leaving their motel room, um, pretty much traveling. They're getting somewhere, obviously. Um, obviously, they had another member that we learn has passed away. We don't really get any indication as to what happened, but... There's Just that it's the lead singer's fault somehow. Yeah, there's some trauma between the girls, obviously, and there's like a discussion that hasn't happened between the three of them, it would seem. Uh, but they themselves, again, are making their way through the desert, middle of nowhere. Um, I'm loving their vibes. I'm loving the van vibes. Uh, they feel very Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> very Josie and the Pussycats. Very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Probably because the van, if anything. Very Scooby-Doo. Um, but I'm loving their vibes. Girl, yeah. the way I would, so their van breaks down, but the way I would not trust the couple that shows up, the white woman in the passenger <laughs> seat, she's smiling. She's way too fucking happy. Yeah. See, so we kind of stick with, okay, who's the main one that we kind of follow along? I think it's Sadie. Yeah. So we kind of follow Sadie. She's like the main member of the group that we, uh, follow along with this segment and her two friends are kind of like. Even before, I mean, big spoiler, before they get, like, um, corrupted and turned into, like, these cult members, kind of, like, they still seem, like, so, like, like, I don't want to say useless, but, like, they just seem like they're no help whatsoever to Sadie. And I'm just like, y'all feel like bad friends. I think it's probably just, like, the trauma speaking. Like, it's it's supposed to show us, like, the divide between the girls, for sure. I can't speak on their long-lasting <laughs> relationship <laughs> with one another, but I think it's really just supposed to show the distance. Yeah, you're right. And maybe maybe I'm just, like, foolishly just, like, rooting for the person that we get more time with. Um, but maybe, I mean, again, the other girls seem to kind of... There's obvious tension here, and when they start to become corrupted by this cult, like, the girls, like, poke fun at Sadie and, like Stormy said, like, blame her for their friend's death. So maybe, again, there's, like you know, unresolved tension between the three and maybe Sadie is a bad person for all I know. But in watching the segment, like she's the only one that's like not wanting to do anything because they do break down. Um, so the other two girls decide to start drinking, which I mean, <laughs> mood. mood. If I I'm not fucking driving anywhere <laughs> yeah. and I have alcohol. Hmm. If I'm stranded, I'm sh yeah, whatever I have, whatever. I'm going to be inebriated <laughs> by yeah. the time help comes. It, quite literally. I will not be sober when help comes. Um, but they all start drinking. They're hanging out there for a little bit. And yeah, like Stormy said, this random couple comes up. And just like we talked about with Wolf Creek, if I'm in the middle of nowhere and somebody randomly pops up, I immediately not for it. I would much rather sit and wait. I don't even, I mean, I really don't know what they're, what they could possibly do here. All right. But like this couple is obviously not the couple to go with. No, the woman, she is smiling the whole time. So big, like a. Like old school Joker smile. Yeah. It was like, I, in my it mind. It was a I, cry I for help. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I didn't know where this was going. I didn't know the name of the segment was called Siren. Like I didn't know the vibes. So when they pulled up, like the first thing in my mind, probably just sticking to real life horror. I was like, these are sex traffickers. This lady <laughs> looks too like friendly. She looks too nice. And She's like supposed to the lure woman, them in. Yeah. And the group is like being overly like friendly and charismatic. Like it gives me sex trafficking vibes. Yeah. Because when you hear stories of people who um, like encounter people like this and, you know, they're sex traffickers, like they always use a woman typically to try to, to bring them in, lure them in. in. They use their like 
you know, the maternal instincts to like bring these girls in. It's crazy. It's this can't insane. be a bad situation because another woman's inviting me exactly. into it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Cause yeah, she's like smiling l- quite literally as soon as they pull up and the guy's ear like, to ear. <laughs> yeah, he's like Ned Flanders. Just fucking. Oh my God. He is Ned Flanders. So happy to be here. She's just smiling and. Howdy ho neighbor. <laughs> yeah. And Sadie's like, no, I don't want you guys to help me. Cause they're like, oh, well, you know, you can, there's a town, you can go back, you know, this is where you got to go. But, you know, we have a couple friends, they have a few sons, um, they can definitely get this all fixed up for you, we can bring you back to our place. And Sadie's like, no, we're not doing that. But then the two friends are like, yeah, let's do that. And they don't even consult with her, which is what <laughs> they're like, we're going, off. they literally yell at them because Sadie's like, uh, I don't think we should do that. Which I mean, I guess in defense of her friends, that would also piss me off. But I agree with her like i would also if i was you would definitely her, be the sadie in the group i would be the sadie i'd be like no no it's okay um but yeah she should have at least consulted with her friends you know mm-hmm. to see have a little powwow yeah but again there's like unresolved tension between these three because none of them do that because she's like no we don't want to go with you and so those people start to drive away and then one of the other ones the blonde one she's like no wait and then Sadie's like what are you doing and she's like well so what else do you want us to do? What else do you really expect us to do? And then they just get in this car and go with this family to their house. Um, and so I'm like, girl, like, what else would you expect, really, in the situation to happen? Um, but they get to the house. You know, it's a nice little house in the middle of nowhere. This family is super weird. They're like, none of the doors are locked. None of the car doors are locked. We don't give a fuck. Nobody's around here. Um, they get inside. One indication that, and it's so crazy because I feel like these other girls, I I mean, obviously, they are drugged at one point, but they give me cult vibes from the jump. Uh, but when they're in the room... Easily convinced, for easily sure. Easily convinced. Like, ready to turn their backs on Sadie. Um, but they get into the house. There's a moment where, like, the lady's showing them the room, and she, like, mentions their dead friend's name, and Sadie's, like, shook into her core. The other two obviously don't hear anything. Um, they then have a big dinner get-together with the family that they were mentioning. And at the dinner table, like, they're questioning everything by this point. The food looks awful. Um, it's just like a big black ball of creepiness. I and it's like not it even like a uniform shape. It's it quite looks like of a planet. log of wood. I, I wouldn't put that in my mouth. I just wouldn't. It looks like something from Dr. Seuss, like the Who's <laughs> It roast or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely looks like it's straight out of like a children's book or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's like, um, Sadie being the, she comes off kind of bitchy. She's bitchy, me. She's literally <laughs> me in the situation. She's like, mm, I don't eat meat. And the other one's like, it's really good. Yeah, the other <laughs> ones are already chowing down. They're like, it's not bad. But I, w- I would have been like, girl. But see, I really would be sitting in this situation. Because if I'm with my friends and like we're in this random scenario and they give us this random plate of food that doesn't look like food. And they're like, eat this. And then I look to the side and the, my friends is fucking chowing down on it. I'd be like, would you smack me in the back of the head? Yes. I think <laughs> we have seen too many horror movies for you to be willingly eating this fucking goop off this plate. <laughs> no, ma'am. You don't even have to watch horror movies. You can just be a true crime junkie to know not to do this. Right. But they do it anyways. But it, it's like the quite. family aspect, maybe. That's supposed mm. to make them feel comfortable. Maybe. But the neighbors make me so uncomfortable that I wouldn't be in this situation. Like the way this Karen looking ass bitch is staring <laughs> at me with her... Uh, whatever George Justin's wife hairdo. <laughs> and then their sons are like old as shit. So old. And they were like, these are And they're twins. Sons. And they're, 
they move like video game characters. Whenever they go idle, they like kind of bounce a little bit and they like look the same way at the same time. And yeah. I'm like, it's, the it's like I have two Megs <laughs> in my Dead by Daylight game. What's happening? Very that energy, girl. And they do look so old. And the girls are like, they look like they aren't your sons. And then like they're the adopted. Yeah, they're like they're adopted. It's a long, <laughs> sad story. And they, they just leave it at that. And the boys never say anything. Not once. Not a word. Not one word. They and just they move in unison. That's all they do. They're so weird. Uh, and the whole family's weird at lunch, obviously, or at dinner. So once dinner's done, the girls go back to the room. Uh, this is when the blonde friend starts pretty much telling Sadie Shaw, you know, our friend's dead because of you. You went and decided to fuck some random guy. And Sadie's like, you know, well, it wasn't, you know, my responsibility to watch after her all night. And then, like, she starts laughing. The friend starts laughing. And then her and the other one are like, let's just stay here. We're so tired. And Sadie's, like, ready to get out of here. She <laughs> has her bags. She's like, we got to get out of here, y'all. But they just. The two of them, like, curl up on one bed together and just go to sleep. Yes, they really do. And then Sadie, let me skip ahead. We're watching it, as usual. We like to have it back for ambiance, you know. Yeah. Okay, so this part. Who the fuck was that in the ma- the window? Yeah, so at one point, one of the friends is in the bathroom changing. She is the uh, raven-haired one. And then there's, like, a silhouette of a person <laughs> watching her while she's in the bathroom. And In my head, I thought it was those floaty things. <laughs> oh, like a <laughs> I just assume it's one of, obviously, like, one of these random family members. Um, but yeah, so while they're in here, they're having their little dilemma. Uh, the girls don't want to go, but Sadie wants to go. Um, Sadie ends up, I'm trying to figure out if she passes out. Oh, the girls start vomiting black stuff. That's what freaks her out. Before they get tired, the girls start vomiting black stuff. She goes and tells the family and the family's just sitting at the dinner table and they're like, oh, yeah, it's the food. And so the dad's no, like. The ah. first time's always the worst. And I'm like, the first time? I know. And I'm like, these people are so clearly evil <laughs> i don't know why these are friends we eating were so humans willing. what is this hmm. yeah what is the vibe here are we getting like white supremacist cult are we getting demonic cult i mean they can all be one you know hand in hand but like i don't know what we're getting here like it's obviously some type of cult um they do have a ritual because after the girls start vomiting um sadie again she ends up passing out and when she wakes up the girls are gone so she starts sneaking outside of the house um, and there's like a whole ritual happening outside. You know, they're trying to bring these girls into their family and so on and so forth. And Sadie's Old Jim watching. Jones, drink like Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's crazy. And then Sadie ends up getting her foot stuck in a bear trap. Um, <laughs> and so the family sends her friends after her. I love that part where she's like stuck in the bear trap and her friends come up to her and she does not even. I mean, again, there's tension between them, obviously, but she does not hesitate. She has a knife with her that she found in one of the drawers. So when her friends come up to her, she kicks one of them in the face. (laughs) Um, She pries open the bear trap and then she takes that knife and then slashes the other one in the face. And I'm like, girl, you know what? I'm down with it. I love when these bitches just like don't care. This is life or death. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. So I like that energy for sure. I, th- I think I would still hesitate. Would you? If it was you, yeah. If I was vomiting black things out of my mouth, and mm-hmm. I clearly am not blinking, and I'm wearing a, <laughs> a 90, you a look long like baby. white 90, um, <laughs> and I'm out here in the middle of this field with this fucking family looking like a house of a thousand corpses, just surrounded by fire. I mean, I would want you to probably snap my neck. <laughs> I give you permission the, to you're kill on the, Stormy. On the inside, just, ah. 
It's a fucking. If you don't fucking cut me right fucking now, help me, Stormy, please smack me out of this. But I, the cut snaps you out. That'd be so cool. No, bitch. I give you permission right now. If this ever happens, just kill me. Oh yeah, same. Like this zombie apocalypse, like anything like that. Like please, unless you know there's a way to save me. Unless you know there's like a antidote, or you have like. The, ver- the the verse in the Bible that's going to save me. Whatever it is, if you, unless you know there's a way to save me, kill me. I don't care. Just end it. I don't want to be like a walking cult member. I'd yeah. rather be killed by you. I'd rather die at the hands of my friend than fucking spit out black shit and have to pretend to be friends with this white family. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'd rather be dead. But she runs away. She runs to a shack. While she's hiding in this shack, her the ghost of her dead friend scares her. So she runs off into the middle of nowhere. She ends up making it to the street. And when she gets to the street, <laughs> she's Fucking absolutely railed by this random vehicle. And that's how we cut into our next segment. So this next segment, y'all, is I think it's the most random in this movie. And I think it's the one that really maybe doesn't make the most sense to me in comparison to like the rest of the narratives that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. But I do think it's like really... It's really unsettling. So the next segment is called The Accident, directed by David Bruckner and written by David Bruckner. So the individual who has now killed Sadie, well, she's not dead yet. He has struck in her and she's in the street shaking. Yeah, what did it stop? I was on press play. Uh, yes, but the individual who is in the vehicle is named Lucas, played by Mather Zickel. He is on the phone with his wife while this is happening. And, you know, he's, she's sending her picture or she's sending him pictures. He's looking at it on his phone. So he's not looking at the road when Sadie runs out into the street, um, which results in her getting smashed. When he gets out of the car to go look at her, he hangs up on his wife, obviously. But when he gets out to look at Sadie, her body is like demolished. Her leg, it's fully giving, you haven't seen it follows, right? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Well, there's a scene at the very, it's literally the very beginning of the movie where the girl, where a girl has her like leg broken, like to where. It's upwards. Yeah. Upwards. So Sadie has that same uh, injury here and she's twitching. She looks, um, completely a mess, (laughs) y'all. It's crazy. She really goes flying, girl. (laughs) So. At this time, then, Lucas, he, of course, panicking. Um, he's ignoring his wife's phone calls. He decides to call 911, a dispatcher. So he gets a dispatcher on the, fo- on the phone who's supposed to be like a certified EMT, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, where are you? Where are you at? And he's like, this is the middle of nowhere. Like, I had no, there's no way, there's no mile markers. Like, there's no way for me to tell you where I'm at. And he's like, but I see a town up ahead, maybe. So she, and it should have been his first red flag. This person on the phone's like, pick up this person from the floor throw her in your backseat and start driving i would have been like what yeah um (laughs) i i think we've talked about it a couple of times but i've was i recently left dispatch after like five years um so (laughs) girl the way i was seething during this fucking (laughs) segment which i understand like it's not actually a dispatcher like we yeah, or to assume that it's some evil person <laughs> from this cult, or it's a demon, or it's it's yeah. not actually a dispatcher, but like all of this, I was like, this would not happen. Yeah, like it's please, wild. for if you're taking medical advice from like your movies, I have questions, but like please never move somebody after they've been hit, after they've fallen, like 
you don't do that. And at some point, he's carrying her through this hospital, literally like throwing her weight like <laughs> onto his chest, like because he's losing her. Which like we've all been there, like we're losing something and we're trying to like throw it back so we can grab it better. Right, right, right. But like <laughs> the way he's severing her spinal cord <laughs> more and more. No, there's like one point where he's doing that. Oh. Where he's doing that and like her leg her is leg. already broken. Yeah. <laughs> her leg just like rips. It's kind of funny. Starts like. Pss, pss, pss. It's, I don't know. Although this is the one segment that, yeah, I think is probably the most. Again, it feels like maybe the most disconnected from the rest of the movie. Um, I think it's also one that I do think is pretty good. Like if I were to be reading this story on like No Sleep or like somebody had written this short story and I was reading it, I think this is one of those segments that would read really well as a story. Like if you're reading something where somebody hits somebody in the middle of the night and like the dispatcher's telling you to do something and then the dispatcher increasingly becomes creepy and like like if I was reading that, I can see myself like really like feeling really like scared. Yeah, but watching it happen, for sure. you're like, this is kind of silly, ridiculous. Yeah, like you can tell that this is not you a can person. Tell she sounds like creepy. I'm an EMT, and you're like, what? Yeah, which I mean, a lot of dispatchers are medically certified in like medical dispatching, but like just some of the things and then there's magically like a surgeon that comes on the line and i'm like what kind of surgeon is that this 911 dispatch center i can see him listening to the first lady so she's like hey i'm a certified emt um go ahead and move her maybe maybe i could potentially see him going along with that but even then i'm like but you don't like you can't visually see what she looks like so i don't know if i should move her unless you visually see what the injuries are right like you you can't tell how bad yeah but also this guy seems pretty intelligent because when she asks what the injuries are he like gives her like a full breakdown like i don't know what his job is but like he's pretty (laughs) that's what i was wondering like does he have some type of like medical math yeah see i wish we would have had more because i felt like the the point of this story was supposed to like maybe be building up on a fear that he has so like i thought we were going to get a reveal like maybe he was like a doctor he's a failed doctor he lost somebody yeah Yeah. i thought that's what we were going to get and we don't ever like get that big reveal so it just makes the story not feel like it doesn't go anywhere. Because um, they all, obviously, they're shorts. They end abruptly. Sometimes you don't get enough of the information that you want anyways. It's, it's a short. You know, I'm not going to complain too much. But I was hoping that we would get some type of indication that this is something, I mean, hitting somebody's traumatic. Yeah. But, like, I thought it was going to play into, like, his personal life in some yeah. way. It feels like maybe he caused somebody else's death yeah. accidentally at some point. And so now he's, like... Trying to do everything he can to, to redeem himself. Yeah. yeah. Like those type of vibes, but like we get nothing. We don't get nothing. We just also, get him listening to these dispatchers the entire time. Right. And like this came out when? 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bluetooth exists. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sitting in your car wearing a full set of earbuds? <laughs> Which, for one, just so y'all know, not fucking safe. You can't do that. You, you shouldn't can't, do that. You can't hear, like, if your car is fucking exploding. Yeah. You can't hear emergency sounds, like fucking tornado sirens. You can't hear, I mean, not that I could over my music <laughs> anyways, but, <laughs> like, come on now. Fully listening to, what is her name? Uh, I don't know the dispatcher's name. No, 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 his wife. Oh, Claire <laughs> is her name. Fully listening to Claire talk about what dress she wants to wear. Yeah, I know. Yeah, don't do that. If you have no reason to drive with the headphones, then definitely don't do it. Um, also, <laughs> later on, he takes his headbuds off. Headbuds. 
<laughs> his earbuds off and like lays them on the table and they like get in the girl's blood. And then he fully puts them back in, yeah, covered so in blood pissed. in his ears. So I was like, that's her. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> she was so upset when he did that. But also, like, I don't, like, yeah, bitch, why are you putting these bloody ass headphones back into your ear? Unplug them and just put these bitches on speaker. Yeah. But yeah, so anyways, he puts her in the car. And when he does that, like Stormy said, this the dispatcher's like, I have somebody here who's going to help. And then another person comes onto the phone. And then they're both instructing him. And... Also, where they should have, like, or where he should have noticed, like, there was an issue is when he's like, I'm speeding. I'm going 90. And, like, these dispatchers are like, okay. Like, if you're a dispatcher, like, I mean, I don't know. Would you be, like, if it's an emergency? Like, I'm not going to encourage you to go over the speed limit, no. Yeah. But that's for, like, legality reasons. I can't be like, fucking floor that shit, bitch. Because Her leg is <laughs> fucking swirling around like a wacky, <laughs> wavy, inflatable tube man in the fucking wind. Go 100 miles per hour. Like, yeah, because, no. like... Legality and are, safety reasons. Like, if yeah, she's a real dispatcher... Like, you're, what if you fucking... <laughs> are hauling us in an emergency and you crash, then I have two people's deaths on my hands. Or what if you're speeding and, and you hit somebody else? <laughs> God. There's already random people out he here in the He stops and just throws that body in too. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, mm, he hits another person. He's like, who looks worse? <laughs> and he only keeps one who he's looks like, mm, better. He's like, you're on the verge of dying, throws the girl out. Well, and then another thing is like, this hospital just magically has nobody in it. So when he gets to this town, and I think it just kind of plays into... Um, what we kind of see is like the inhabitants of this town being. So he gets to the middle, uh, he gets to the small town. There's nobody in the town. Like there's nobody walking around. There's no cars on the street. Um, he gets to the emergency <laughs> room, a small hospital, which looks like the hospital in our hometown. So Literally, she's giving yeah. small town vibes for sure. But he goes inside the hospital and it's completely abandoned. There's phones off the receiver. There's food that's been left out. Nobody's around. He's yelling for help. There's blood all over him. These two dispatchers are like, well, you're going to have to do something yourself, pretty much. So he finds an empty room. Uh, this is the part where he's, like, lifting her up and her leg, like, just completely, like, falls off. And it's hanging on quite literally by one tendon. Um, and he throws her onto a table. And the dispatcher is, like. slipping in her blood. <laughs> slipping on her blood. See, this is crazy because I like this segment. Like, I like oh, yeah. what's happening. I like the gore that we get in it. Mm -hmm. um, I like the idea of him following these evil dispatchers. It just feels... But it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's, it's it feels silly. so random with everything else that's been going on. Compared to all the other stories, I think it is the most silly. In terms of, like, what we're seeing, on top of also, like, being maybe the most grotesque and, like, brutal at the same time, so she's kind of giving me, like, 50-50 vibes. Like, she's really silly, uh, but at the same time, like, she's, again, probably the most, like, brutal thing to watch. Like, anything medical-related always, like, makes me uncomfortable. So even, like, when he's, he's cuts at her at one point with a scalpel, and, like, I mean, obviously it's fake, but, like, I always get so nervous with, like, medical stuff. So for the record, since <laughs> this goes on the internet, if I ever get hit by a car and I'm struggling like this, please take a rock to my fucking head. <laughs> like, kill me, please. Do not let me drown and suffer and, like, stumble through your medical, like, journey. You're trying to be a hero. Right. <laughs> also, he takes, they're like, you have to intubate her, which, no, wait, again. Once so he puts her on the table, they're like, a guy just starts talking <laughs> and he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm a surgeon. <laughs> we need to stick a tube in her throat. And I'm like, you haven't seen her. What if she didn't have a throat? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what if the damage? You don't know. How do you know all of these things? Which is why I'm like, sir. But then like, he's like, when they say, hey, maybe you should do this. And he's like, 
he's aware of what they're telling him to do. So again, he seems to have maybe some type of knowledge to what's going on here. And I understand like just like with the situation at hand, hitting somebody in the middle of nowhere, having nobody else for help but these dispatchers. You get to a town, it's completely empty. You have nobody to listen to. So I can understand like his mindset of just doing what the fuck these people tell him to do. But at the same time, it's just like, clearly the signs are there. There's three people at one time talking to you on the phone. Magically. Telling you to perform surgery, pretty much, Surgeons to save this woman. Surgeons do, do not hang out in dispatch centers, just on the... <laughs> <laughs> right. Also, if somebody's seizing like that, please don't stick your fingers in their mouth. They're going to bite your fucking fingers off. And the way that she bites him, she barely bites him. Um... If you're seizing, they're gonna bite down on your finger like a fucking baby carrot and cut it off. Yeah, I thought she was and gonna I'll bite his fingers off all the way. Yeah. I was kinda hoping for that. Me too. And then <laughs> they're like, You have to intubate her. And he's like, Okay. And he's like searching around. And then he finds a package of nebulizer tubing, which <laughs> is for like a nebulizer, like for an a breathing treatment. Uh-huh. And he's like, This'll work. And I'm like, No. That's not what (laughs) intubation looks like. Crazy. I think maybe this might be one of my, uh, in terms of like direction, I think it's one of my favorite segments to kind of look at. I like a lot of the shots. It's fun. It's it's gorgeous. I love like the small town atmosphere. I love the shots of the emergency neon sign in the middle of the darkness. I love the lighting in the hospital. I think this is probably one of the prettier segments. Um, I love the scenes while they're in the medical room. I love the close-ups. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, Even though, you know, three people telling you to perform surgery is crazy and don't do that ever in any scenario unless... I don't know, unless you're randomly in a scenario where that's acceptable, but it's kind of crazy. I also love the shot where he does stick his fingers in her throat, and he we do see him like open the back flap a little mm-hmm. bit. It's gross. Looks like some balloons. It's gross, but I kind of like it. And then we shove the, uh, we shove the tube in. That's when she bites him. And then bitch, this is when I was like, no, what are <laughs> you doing? The surgeon's like, you need to cut her open and compress her lung. Yeah. I'm like, what? This man with your bare hands, yeah, no. And this man, watch included, sticks his entire forearm into this woman's abdomen, which <laughs> I don't think your lungs are that like deep in your body. I'm not really sure. I'll have to take some medical classes. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but like, he's full on like up to his elbows in her body, and then like compress the lung, like squeeze it, and. It kills her. Yeah, of course. Almost instantly. They're saying, squeeze that lung. And he's like, okay. And he grips it. And he thinks he's he thinks he's doing all of this to help her. And she dies immediately. Yeah, they they cause I mean, he had already murdered her essentially. She was but like die. <laughs> <laughs> like they just made him finish the job and then they start laughing. Yeah. It's twisted. Which I kind of like. I like when they start laughing at him. I like when he realizes that everything that he's been doing has been very stupid. Right. Uh, and so he like panics. He tries to leave the hospital. He's locked in. He can't. He goes back and gets his phone again. They're still laughing at him. But pretty much in the moment, they're like, well, go to the changing room or to the locker room in the hospital. Change your clothes and get out of town. <laughs> like that's pretty much what they tell him to do. He does exactly that. He changes. He gets in his clothes and he leaves the town. And when he's leaving the town, we transition to the next segment. Because as he's leaving the town, we see the person that, or one of the people that he's been talking to, has been speaking to him from a payphone in this town. This person is watching him drive out of the town. And as soon as he leaves, uh, this person hangs up the phone. I'm not going to 
give them pronouns because they're obviously some type of creatures we come to find out. Right. But this person like hangs up the phone and then they go into a bar. So again, this is how we move into the next segment. And I probably uh, I'm going to retract what I said. I think the next segment's my least favorite, if I'm being honest. Although the accident's a little bit silly, and I kind of like the story in Jailbreak a little bit more. I don't think a lot happens in the next one. It's not, like, really exciting, if I'm being honest. But I the next segment sleep twice. <laughs> during that one? Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Because that's the next one's her, the brother, right? The brother Searching. The okay, sister, no, yeah. the last one I fell asleep. Okay, Two we'll times. get to that one because I kind of enjoy that one. Um, but the next one is called Jailbreak, directed by Patrick Horvath, written by Dallas Hallam and Patrick Horvath. Um, so we uh, find out that the individual, the dispatcher's name is Sandy, apparently. So she was who was on the phone. I'm just going to say she because she's. That's the, what they're doing here on the internet. Yeah. So Sandy, again, was the one who was talking with Lucas. She watches him drive away. Um, so she hangs up. She goes into a bar called The Trap, which is probably the most camp thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. We get a <laughs> shot of it. Like So, like, we get a shot of the, the dispatcher standing in the phone booth. And all you see is The Trap. Yeah. sign in the background <laughs> and so i'm like funny. this is ridiculous she's camp. <laughs> it's quite literally camp um but she enters the bar she gets inside the bar and all the patrons are like quiet they're creepy they're like just staring straight ahead um she goes up to the bartender um and asks for a drink and like they have like a little bit of a back and forth before a man by the name of dan danny just bursts into the bar with a fucking shotgun he starts yelling at everybody he's like where's my sister where's my sister Everybody's kind of just staring at him, and they're like, the fuck is your problem, my guy? But as he's, like, threatening everybody with a gun, going from person to person, being like, where's my sister? Where's my sister? We see one man um, who's at a desk by himself, or at a booth by himself, like, he moves his hand out, and, like, it, there's like it's like a big claw. And he gets up, and he slashes at the back of Danny. Danny then turns around and shoots his hand off, uh, which is kind of cool. And this man, like, gives out a blood-curling scream, um... And then Danny's like, I don't know if I can kill you guys, but I'm sure that fucking hurt. And so he makes the bartender come with him. He's like, you come with me. They get inside a vehicle. He's like, you're going to take me to my sister. He has him at gunpoint. And so this bartender starts driving Danny to where his sister is. This is all happening in the same little small town that, you know, we were just in with Lucas. Um, so we end up finding his sister. Um, she's like giving tattoos because these creatures, they have like tattoos on them. We see with the bartender at one point that he covers his eye and it allows him to kind of like see things that people to a can't different see. World, yeah. yeah, and he sees like these creatures or it's just naked people really. <laughs> but he sees <laughs> naked people behind Danny. They're obviously following them around this this town. They get to, of course, finding Danny's sister. She's again tattooing these symbols on these people. She's apparently been missing for 15 years. Um, she looks exactly the same while Danny has gone older. So he's like, bitch, we got to get out of here. So he pretty much yanks her <laughs> because she's, well, first she's like, you know, I don't really want to go. I'm not quite sure. The bartender comes up to him and like laughs in his face. And so Danny takes it upon himself to just kill this bartender. He yeah. shoots his head clean off his body. Love it. I love when we get like a big brain explosion like mm -hmm. that in a horror movie. They're messy. They're Very my favorite. messy. But yeah, and again, this is kind of, the most lackluster segment for me. So he gets her, um, he gets his sister, they start driving. She's pretty much telling him that this is where she belongs. And she starts to ask him, she's like, don't you remember like our family or our parents? Ha did you ever wonder what happened to them? And he was like, what? She's like, I killed our parents, Danny. 
So she's pretty much admitting to the fact that she, of course, killed her parents. She likes it here. She wants to be here. She's one of these monsters happily. And they end up driving off the road because somebody's chasing them. And as they're driving off the road, she's like, well, you can't be out here, Danny. So eventually they come to a stop. And when they come to a stop, these naked men that have been following him in this other dimension, they come to the car, they break it open, <laughs> they rip yank him, him out, out of the car. Yeah. And his sister just watches him get sacrificed pretty much. And she gets in the car, turns around, and drives right back to the town to continue her life tattooing these evil monster things. Right. And that's the end of the segment. So before we transition into the next segment, what do we think these creatures are? We don't really get any type of indication what they are. I was mm-hmm. thinking like skinwalkers, maybe. That's yeah, what that the word. I mean, sorry. Sorry for all my listeners. I'm Meat so sorry. Meat suits. Uh, body crawlers. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I was getting, right? Um, yeah, I was thinking body crawlers for sure. I don't know. Like just, I was going to say things that morph into bodies. Never <laughs> mind. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I mean, again, I mean. They give uh, the big, the white naked ones. Mm-hmm. Give me um, scary movies to tell in the dark mm. vibes. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Okay. I was just getting more cult vibes from them, um, like from Hereditary, oh. where it's just like all the naked people who are like really, really pale. Oh, uh, okay. Because um, they're just like really, really pale naked people. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if they were part of that cult. I mean, again, they are all, all these stories are kind of linked together. They're all happening in the same part of the world. Right. Uh, so I don't know if these creatures are connected to the cult. I don't know if the cult worships these creatures. Maybe the meatloaf was one of those white creatures. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know what the connection is between everybody, but he gets sacrificed out in the middle of nowhere, and that's it. Um, I, I so do bad wish we could have got more on the... Do you? Well, yeah, I mean, he's not a great person from what we get from him for all of I what... I mean, he seems nice. Look at this man. He seems friendly, and he's doing what he can to try to help his sister... Um, but I don't feel he's bad kind for of an, him. I feel bad for <laughs> him. <laughs> Why not? He literally spent he's spent all this time searching for his sister. I'll never feel and bad then for a man. <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, and then he's just like his sister's just like, oh, I don't care that you spent 15 years looking for me. I was happy to be here. I murdered mom and dad. And he's just like <laughs> trying to process that while being fucking. No, he probably Murdered. is obviously the better person. I mean, she's clearly the villain in this scenario. Yeah. And he's risking his life to try to save her. So he is the better person. But, you know, I'm with him for like 10 minutes and then he's <laughs> dead. So I just don't care for him. Um, but he does great. You know, shout out to the actor who plays Danny. He is in despair and he's terrified the entire time and it's very believable. Um, so I think he does great, but I just don't care when he dies. And I do wish maybe we could have got a little bit more from these monsters, uh, especially when that one person gets it from the table and they have like a big claw. I was yeah. like, cool. I want to see more creature designs because I like those little skeleton things that we got. Right. So I, was, I thought we were going to get more creature designs. I thought we were going to get some type of, uh, you know, meat suit. I thought we were going to get something, but we don't get any of that. We just get naked people. So maybe my least favorite segment. Uh, yes. We. I mean, we'll rank them at the end. We'll rank them, but that will be at the bottom. So, you know, when that happens, don't be surprised, guys. And so from here, we get back to the main town. Uh, Danny's sister, she's at like a, it's like a diner kind of thing. And when she's standing at the diner, she covers her hand. She's clearly looking around for naked people. And <laughs> it's there's, <Same. laughs> there's like a blonde girl staring at her from a distance. And she kind of gives her attitude and walks away. And we transition into the next segment, the final segment, which is called The Way In. Once again, directed by Radio Sign. Uh, Directed by Radio Silence, written by Matt Bettinelli-Alpin. 
yeah, and so we meet Jem. So that is the blonde woman who is staring at uh, Danny's sister. She's exiting the bathroom at this location called the, the Freezing Over. <laughs> what a stupid name. Um, but anyway, so she's here with her family members. We find out that she's here with her mom and her dad named Kate and Daryl. Um, they're finishing their food. They're here on a family vacation before Jem is sent off to college. And this is their, wa- uh, their last weekend together as a family, pretty much. So as they're leaving the parking lot, there we just get like a like an indication that somebody is watching them, and they get to their little Airbnb. Um, you know, they when they get there, the wife like makes a comment where she's like, "It looked so much nicer online." And in that moment, I was like, "Karma is going to come and end your life, woman." It this is you don't don't say that. I mean, I probably have said that before heading to like an Airbnb or something. <laughs> But if I knew if I was in a horror movie, I probably wouldn't say something like that. But You never know when you're in a horror movie. <laughs> you never know. Uh, that's why I feel like I'm in one 24-7. Got to be prepared. <laughs> you're like, you feel like you're in the Truman Show, but a horror version. <laughs> Very that. Uh, but yeah, so they get to this house. Um, the family gets settled in. They immediately start cooking dinner. And I'm like, wow, the motivation, the the family dynamic. This yeah, is crazy. I would have eaten at the diner that we were close to. The fuck? They were just eating. <laughs> were they not? I mean, I guess they're getting ice cream. So they were having dessert before dinner. And then they get home and the dad's like, it's going to be an hour, honey, if you want to go get ready. I'm like, well, we're on vacation. Why am I going to spend an hour of my time on vacation cooking? Also, get ready? What do you mean get ready? I'm about to sit my ass in my bed. <laughs> Uh, but they start playing music on the radio. They start getting prepared for eating <laughs> or for cooking. And then we get a loud bang at the door. Um, so, of course, the dad goes and checks. There's nobody there. They then hear another loud bang from the opposite end at another window. And so the dad goes and looks outside, and he immediately panics. He says, call 911. So the, the wife goes. She calls 911. They're like, okay, well, it's going to take – I think they say it's going to take like 60 minutes or something for the police to get out there. Yeah. Something crazy. Um, but, I mean, this town's in the middle of nowhere, so I guess it makes sense. Um, but they're like, she's like, oh, it's going to take 60 minutes. And so the dad's like, well, we're fucked pretty much. Um, so they're all kind of just in this house. And they, uh, well, these assailants come into the house. They pretty much don't even waste any time, to be quite honest, breaking into this house. And they're wearing, like, the most. They really look like Dr. Phil. Yeah, these masks that these assailants, I mean, it's creepy, I guess. But, I mean, they're kind of awful. Uh, but the family, while they're kind of hiding, uh, they do go outside to try to escape and get in the vehicle. And then, like, all these people are out there. So they go back inside the house. Um, they go inside the house to hide. So the sister or the, the daughter goes and hides. The parents are hiding elsewhere. But these people break into the house anyways. They're able to find the couple. They have the the wife and the husband there together. Now, there's me and Stormy, maybe we missed it. Obviously, just to spoil you guys already, the people who are inside the house killing these people um, are Mitch and Jack from the very beginning. Right. They're the men in the mask. They have another person with them, a friend with them, who we really don't get to know who they are because they do end up dying. Um, But it's these three men who are attacking these three family members. And there's supposed to be a connection to Mitch's daughter that I don't think we really, I mean, at least me and Stormy weren't able to catch it. Yeah, I think I asked Adrian afterwards. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, I get that the dad somehow has, the dad of the family that we're murdering somehow has a connection to the death of Mitch's daughter. Yeah. But what it is, I have no idea. Yeah, and see, so when is they Is he do a pedo? Is he, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so many different. 
And see, there's a moment where, because, uh, again, they break into the house. They find the couple while the daughter's hiding. Um, and while they are, uh, like, talking to the couple, uh, Mitch shows him a picture. I think it's of his daughter, of Catherine. And so, yeah, then that's when the dad, like, he immediately at that point knows who these people are. And he, like, starts begging for mercy. He says that his wife's innocent. Don't hurt her. They take a rag and they shove it into her mouth and suffocate her to death right in front of him, which is brutal as fuck. Um, and so they do that in front of him. The daughter escapes. She's able to get away. She knocks out one of the people outside because she ends up tricking them by using the bat, I think, that she had, putting it onto the car horn. She distracts one of the people. They come out. She ends up knocking them out and runs away from the scene. Um, they pretty much let her leave because Mitch and Jack go out there in the little masks and they let her run off. And they go outside and they murder the dad. They stab him multiple times. Um, and, yeah, they kill him pretty much. The daughter comes back. She tries to fight them off a little bit more. And in the fighting off moment with her and them, she ends up getting stabbed as well. And that's that's one of my biggest issues with this scene is they've already murdered your mother. They've seemingly, as far as she knows, when she runs away, they're, they're going to kill your father. That they are allowing you to leave. What do you need to go back for? Your family's dead. Like, these murderers are like, okay, free fucking pass. You're <laughs> free. I'm not going to kill you. And you come back, like, good on you. You fucking deserve to die. Well, when she comes back, I think that's when she notices her family's dead. So I think maybe she I thought, thought she knew her mom like, was dead before. Maybe. But, I mean, maybe she was still coming back for her dad. And fuck my dad. I mean, yeah. I mean, not... But R- I, mean, I don't know R- what R- it's R- like Daddy, to like your dad, but so <laughs> I don't know. I've always said like, fuck my dad. I'm, even, like, I like my dad, <laughs> the one that raised me, but, like, I'm not going back. If, if I were able to get away, I probably would get away. But if it is my parents, I know they would want me to get away. Um, yeah. So maybe through years of therapy I could get through that, but I don't think I would go back. I don't think I would. Because I know I would get killed i don't have any i i can talk a lot of game i don't think i have it in me to take on three men yeah <laughs> like i don't think i could do that i wish i could be aaron from your next you know i wish mm-hmm. i could be cindy prescott or something but like three men versus me <laughs> we go back and forth a lot Mer- versus because we're like yeah i'm gonna be the final girl and then we see this movie and we're like mm, we should have ran <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know but these are like Three scary looking men. I don't know. I just, I wouldn't go back. I don't think. I don't, I know for a fact I couldn't take three men. Three grown men. Yeah. One ghost I couldn't take you in Austin. <laughs> Maybe. But these three men in like these random like fucking George Bush looking ass masks. I don't know what these masks are, y'all. Um, but yeah, I'm not going back. But she does. She gets killed. Um, as that's happening, the that's when they take off their masks and we figure out that it's Mitch and Jack. But while this is going on, the person that gets knocked out, their friend who's outside, the ground starts to open up <laughs> like next to him. And that's when these skeleton creatures arise from the ground. Mm-hmm. They kill their friend pretty much and take him down into hell with them. So they jump inside the v- truck and they start driving. And that's what leads us back into the very beginning segment. Yeah. And that's pretty much how the movie ends. So that was Southbound. Again, we don't. Obviously, they're short, so we don't get much explanation between these things. We don't get the connection between mm-hmm. Jack and Mitch and Jem's father. We don't know why that's happening. At least I don't know. So if any yeah. of you guys know what the please correlation is. Please fill me is, in if you do. Yeah, please let me know. But yeah, that's it. And then it goes back to the loop and the movie ends. And that's Southbound. So 
I'm assuming that Mitch and his friend are doing this to get revenge for Mitch's daughter. Yes. But like in the end, are you really any better than the original guy? Because now you've got two quote unquote innocent people's bloods on your hands. Even if you went for retribution and like you killed the man that killed your child. Like I, I do understand that, especially as a mother. Right. Um, Um, but like also you're not like, are you any better than he is? Because <laughs> I guess not. That's probably why he ends up being stuck in purgatory by these. Th- that's why I feel like these people are like, like Bad judges people. <laughs> or something. Like with the like skeleton thing. Oh yeah. You like, know what I'm saying? Like you're right. Like him doing this, he killed somebody and then they appear. So like, I don't know if it's also in the same vein of them being like, well, this man killed these people in cold blood. Maybe he isn't any better. And now we're going to take him to hell with us or something. Right. Maybe. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can approach this movie. Um, so many different theories you could probably come up with on mm-hmm. your own. Because, again, they are shorts. We see that they're connected, but we don't clearly, obviously, get a full connection between the stories. Because they're each their own separate story. It's still an anthology. Right. Um, but it's fun because they're happening in the same universe to kind of try to piece them together as much as you can. Even though they don't directly give us like a direct correlation as to how they all relate. Right. But it's nice to think about it. I think it was fun. Also, with those, like, with your question of him being better, I think so. Because if he, if this person did kill his daughter, he came back just to kill him and kill his wife. I guess the wife is innocent, and that's why the dad kept yelling, like, "She's innocent, don't kill her." Um, but they were willing to let the daughter go. Like they let her go, and when she comes back and is attacking them, like that's what Mitch tells her. Not that it makes him a good person, but he's like, "Bitch, I let you go, <laughs> and now I got to kill you." And so he does. So he was willing to let the daughter go. Yeah, but that's like intent versus like what actually. I mean, they're murdering still. people. I'm not going yeah. to say that they're better people, but if they're killing people who are also bad, who's really the bad guy in this situation? Right. That's like the whole idea of like murdering a murderer. The equalizer. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, again, that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the vibe we're getting here is like these bad people <laughs> are killing a bad person, right. but there's innocent people involved in it too. So these that's skeleton who we're things for. are the equalizer. <laughs> Yeah, and they come up with the equalizers in the end of everything. Right. Um, Yeah, I really enjoy this movie, guys. Again, it's so fun. I could see myself coming back and watching this at some point, maybe down the line, Um, especially if I'm having like an anthology marathon or something. I could definitely see this one popping up in the conversation Yeah, Uh, because it's fun. I like this movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, Do you want to rank them real quick? Let's rank these segments, right? Okay. You can go first. Okay. Um, I need... I need them back. I'm probably just going to go one, two, three, four. You can do that. I'll tell you So first, (laughs) like number one top. Should we do it separately? Do the worst first, right? Worst? Okay. Let's count down. What's your worst? Uh, My worst is the brother and sister. Jailbreak. Okay. Yeah. Work. And then this one. Okay. The way in. Yeah, and okay. then the dispatcher. Okay, the accident. And then my top is the very beginning. The very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay. And so second would be the girl's story, the siren. Oh, the cult. I forgot about that one. Um, No, the cult. The cult's. The cult is under the accident. So accident is two. Opening is one. Yeah. So you have the way out. The accident, siren, uh, the last one, the way in, and then jailbreak. Yes, um, I have the exact same list. 
Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. It's funny that we're like saying the accident. Oh, it's so silly. And this is so stupid. Why is he doing it? The visuals. I think it's the best directed segment. Yeah. I think it really is the best directed segment. There's shots in there are gory. But they're beautiful. Yeah, this there's, the story again is silly. It's like a it's a no sleep story come to life. I think it would work better in text. Text, yeah, for sure. And if I was reading that, I know I would be so fucking scared. But to see it all visually, I do think it's the best directed short for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next best directed one would probably be I'd maybe the last one. Really, the way in. Yeah, I feel like it's because um, I would say Siren. I th- oh, that one's really good too, and I think that one would probably be. I mean, I don't know. That one in the last segment probably are like tied. I like a lot of. I like home invasion horror, um, just because it really makes me super uncomfortable. We don't get Who too much of it, but I like like the shots here. I like yeah. the banging on the doors. I like uh, the close up shots. Feels very the strangers. Very the strangers. That's definitely what it's giving. Yeah. So I kind of. I, I mean, I like that. I think it's easy to make a home. No, that's a lie. I can never do it, but I think. Uh, it's easy and fun to make a home invasion movie because some of the viewpoints that you can direct are cool. Like I love the visuals of like peeking in out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Like I like that feeling of feeling like I'm in the home too. Right. Um, so I think they do a good job at executing that. But I do think Siren is also pretty well directed. But I think that probably would be the third one. Okay. But yeah, the accident definitely I think is pretty. The prettiest, the best directed for sure. It's squishy. So it has to be high up. But the opening. It hooks you in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I would not have sat through the rest of these movies at that first opening segment or the rest of these stories at that first segment didn't, like, hook me in. Right. I really enjoy the ordering of this one because I feel like that is VHS's biggest downfall. Yeah. Is the order of the stories. But this one, I, I don't think I would really switch them around all that much. I agree. Yeah. The order of the stories in VHS is also, it, it wasn't good. And if you go and you watch VHS 94... Which maybe I can do that with you sometime. I love the order of the stories in that one a lot, mm-hmm. um, even though they're not like connected. Um, I think this one, I think they do a good job, like you said, with the order and just how they transition. Like the transitions are so good. Like transitioning from one story to the other by having the one character get hit by a fucking car is hilarious to me. Right. Like it's great. Yeah. What a great little movie. I really enjoyed this movie. Me too. A lot. And I can't wait to rank it at the end of the month and see where it lines up with the rest of the movies. Because in comparison to Aquatic Horror. I'm having so much more fun. I'm having so much more fun this <laughs> month. And the ranking of these movies at the end of the month is going to be a lot more tough because I've enjoyed them all so far. Yeah, same. So we'll see what happens, I guess. But I, I don't know, Stormy. What would you rank this movie then? Um, I'd say it's like a 3.8. Almost a 4. Hmm. I think I will rate it. Damn, I don't know. I'm switching between like three and four. Just uh, give it a half. I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna do four. I did like it a lot. I, I'm trying to think of like why I would give it any lower, and I can't really think of anything. Yeah. Um I do think um I will be honest. Uh, the line delivery that um, good old radio silence is given at the beginning with Jack and Mitch is a little silly. Um, but beyond that, I really can't find anything else really to say is bad, really. Yeah. The I only th- thing that I would like to know is a little bit more about Mitch's daughter. 
Yeah, I would like the connection. That's because I'm nosy. <laughs> but again, I guess in every story they leave us wanting more too, right. right? So it works. It's an anthology. I think it's a great anthology. It's so fun. It's yeah, an easy four. Now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Stormy, where can everybody find us? Uh, before I go on that spiel, I just want to mention, which we didn't mention in the beginning, but uh. Another Saw movie is coming out. Oh my God. Yeah. We should have mentioned at the beginning there's another Saw movie coming out. They're still making them. <laughs> so excited. Daddy? He's coming back. I we mean, haven't even seen Spiral. Bitch, I haven't seen Saw three through seven, eight. <laughs> that's on you. I know. I will be in theaters for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another Saw movie. Isn't that crazy? This is the 10th Saw movie. I'm so excited. That's Girl. all. Okay, yeah, so where can everybody find us then, Stormy? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle, at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash herpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon at the slash herpodcast. Uh, Adrian, speaking of Patreon, you want to list out our patrons? Alrighty, so yeah, let's go ahead and give a shout out, of course, to our amazing Patreons. Again, you can go and support us. We do have three separate tiers, um, each with their own benefits, of course, so definitely go check them out. Um, link is below. But yeah, we are always going to be shouting out, of course, our uh, Patreons every single episode. So, of course, let's go ahead and give a shout out to Annie C, Ree J, Michael D, Patience C, Alma R, Yvette R, the Nightmare on Fear Street, and uh, the Unofficial Movie Critic. So thank you guys so much, of course, for being patrons. We really appreciate it. And yeah, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this week. We will be back next week. It is the final main feed episode of Road Report Month, and we do have the bonus episodes coming to the Patreon soon. So if you do want to go join it, go join us and listen to us talk more Road Report this month. Get us uncensored, baby, yeah. if you can even imagine that. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I would have been giving more descriptions on these crazy jizz-filled pictures I was looking at earlier. So, oh, my God. Um, yeah. Bye, everybody. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.